Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, and Zane, and Mary, and and we are the Horrorcraft Podcast. Kylie is not with us tonight, but she's here in spirits, um, not like Christmas Carol, like crazy spirit haunting you, trying to make you make good decisions. Because, um, no, like it should be a given. He needed it. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge, he needed it. We don't need that. So, um, yeah, let's 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 avoid that energy. But tonight we are having our Christmas special. So, um, this is a little bit different because we are just like we did with Trick or Treat. We're covering a movie as kind of our Christmas special, and this is like the movie of all movies. If anyone has ever been on this podcast or listened to this podcast. They know that I love Christmas horror. They also know that this particular movie, when I saw it, it was groundbreaking to me. I was so mad that I had not seen it before. And I watch it throughout the year even. Because honestly, it's, I mean, it's not as obnoxious as maybe some other Christmas. I love Christmas movies, so I'm saying that for other people. I could watch them a lot of different times especially christmas horror but uh for a lot of people they're like don't say christmas after a certain point in time so but we're in the midst of like the week before christmas so this is the perfect time to talk about rare exports which is a 2010 finnish film um that kind of poses the question what if santa was a jerk pretty much what if Santa not only was a jerk, but was a crazy creature that was not the lovable character that we have all known and loved? Um, and so it turns into a whole debacle. If you like Krampus, you will love this movie. Um, so uh, I'll start with Zane. What was your initial thoughts about this movie? I liked it. Like, I don't see a lot of Christmas horror nowadays. I mean, we do now, but there's like Better Watch Out, different movies that are coming out now that are Christmas horror. But before um, in the 2010s, there weren't a lot of Christmas horror to my knowledge. So seeing this, it was, I liked it. I'd watch it again. It it's added to my yearly watch for Christmas time. Yeah. Mary, what about you? I know this was your first time seeing it too. I loved it and I had the same reaction you did the first time you watched it. I was mad I hadn't seen it before. It was so cool and I love the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. Just everything about it and it was a, a unique story. It wasn't, there are a lot, let's, okay, I love Hallmark, don't get me wrong, but they have a lot of the same storylines, and Christmas movies do that, and sometimes in Christmas horror, that can do that too, but not this movie. This movie was like, nope. <laughs> it started going no, towards it's... where you would think it would go, then it took a hard left. <laughs> I did not, yeah, I did not see it going to what it went to. That's that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it definitely kind of pulls like a, a mulligan on you where you're like, okay, how did we get here? 
like from the, the yeah beginning. like yeah <laughs> yeah it's like um excuse me this is just a little too crazy for me right now like you almost get a little overwhelmed um by like how just out of the box it is um because it takes really some of the greatest parts of some great Christmas horror movies that we know and love like Krampus and Black Christmas and it really amps it up in a level that we don't see um so we'll definitely um get into it it's funny though Mary that you mentioned Hallmark uh because I love Hallmark um but you're right there is like tons of different kinds however I do have to point out that if you are like me or Zane now, because I've converted Zane, and you are a card-carrying member of the Sarah Booth fan club, you would be remiss to realize that Sarah Booth was in a Christmas Hallmark movie this year that aired a couple weeks ago called Our Christmas Mural. And um, it's still playing on different times, but it is really good. And um, I just had to fangirl out about that a little bit. I got a chance to watch that a week or so ago um, when it was on. And it is fantastic. So definitely go check it out. Um, but let's get into this crazy fairy tale that just comes out of nowhere. So let's talk about rare exports. But in, until we do that, let's cue the music. Let's cue it. okay we are back and we are talking about the 2010 finnish film uh rare exports um and this is a great one um if you have there are certain clips that we have and i can definitely put down in the description below where you can watch some of the episodes but there have been some really great moments where we've talked about this uh, movie with different people. One, there are two that stick out in my mind. Number one, uh, telling David Howard Thornton about this movie and him not knowing about it. Um, I genuinely still want to know to this day if he watched it. I'm waiting because I want to find out in person. So whenever he comes near this area, which I did not realize he's going to be at Horror Hound this year or else I would have gone. Um, so I could meet him in person and thank him for coming on. But um, I definitely want to find out if he watched it. And then number two, uh, Peaches Christ, when uh, he was on, Joshua Grinnell, his movie, um, All About Evil, that was running the circuit at the same time as Rare Exports. So he was going to a lot of film festivals with Rare Exports. So he was talking to about how he, it, it was kind of weird for him, like that this movie wasn't everywhere because he had seen it so many times, like obviously going to the film festival with it. So um, definitely check out those episodes. But um, this is a hidden horror gem. I remember this, the, when we first started this podcast and we started thinking about Christmas, that's when I found out about it. And I don't know if that's when it just had started hitting Shudder, like Shudder had brought it on, or if Tubi had gotten a hold of it. But I know other people had kind of had some of those similar reactions. Um, I'm a huge physical media collector. Zane can attest to that. Um, 
I have a whole room that's just dedicated to that. And I remember specifically going into my local um, shop, The Exchange, uh, where they have, it's just kind of like one of those cool shops that has movies and all kinds of cool, like fandom stuff. And uh, I talked to one of the guys there and he's like, yeah, I hadn't heard of it until this year. And I got really mad that I hadn't seen it either. He's like, because it's such a good movie. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's kind of gotten more recognition in the last two years. I hope it can continues to get more. Um, I think the problem that I have is I think a lot of people don't want to give it a chance because it is a foreign language film. If you have that opinion, that's your opinion, but you're missing out on so many good movies if you won't watch foreign films. Yeah, I had somebody tell me before that they would watch it if it was remade in English. And I just kind of get a chill down my spine when people talk about that. Um, especially if you have seen like the horror news in the last year, um, Train to Busan was a huge movie that kind of um, came out of Korean horror and kind of made it big. And now they are remaking it in English version, um, which is like last train out of like it, it's involving New York or something like that. I just think that's kind of sad. I kind of thought we got over that whole like idea of like, you know, making like with, from with the grudge the original and like making yeah, it just like just to serve not even a good purpose of like redoing it and maybe a different take on it. But from what I heard, it was going to be like almost like a shot for shot remake, but with a different title. I don't know how it's going to be. I mean, I'll watch it and give it a chance. But at the same time, I'm not going to like it in that respect. Train to Busan is a hard movie, I think, to recreate. There is a reason why certain films like Train to Busan, Troll Hunter, um, uh, I could go on and on about different, I mean, like French extremist films, different things like that. There's a reason why you cannot recreate those. They're perfect in their iteration. I mean, you know, you read subtitles with this, and I understand that a lot of people, that that can either be an annoyance to them or that they just can't pay attention. But if you can really wrap your mind around it, you're opening yourself up to some really beautiful films. Like Train to Busan, I think the reason it is so popular is because not only is it a good zombie movie, but it's fucking heartbreaking. Like you are literally getting like your soul sucked at the same time at being horrified because not only do you have like this crazy situation with zombies going on behind you, but you have these characters who you get emotionally invested in and you get devastated when something happens to them i mean i i still cannot listen to aloha oi without crying Fine. a little bit yeah because yeah. the girl at the end like when she sings it and stuff and you know that that's like because of her dad and and you've watched her go through all this you're just fucking traumatized at this point so you're like singing it like almost zombie like with her and it's like 
I just don't get it. So yeah, I, I don't like that. I feel like, okay, if you're going to add a spin to it, if you're paying homage to it, maybe that's a little bit of a different situation, but I thought we kind of got over the shot for shot recreation kind of thing when we had movies like the ring and the grudge, you know, I just don't, I don't really jive with it, but I think this is fantastic. Um, it's on Tubi. It's always on Tubi. Um, Tubi is the spot for horror now. That's where most of us horror fans are camped out anymore. Um, so if you want to watch this movie and you don't want to hear us explain it or talk about anything until you do, pause it right now. Go ahead and watch it. I would suggest checking doesthedogdie.com for triggers because I will tell you that there is some animal mutilation but it's not in like a weird texas chainsaw way it's just the whole fact of like the dad is um they live very rurally the dad is kind of is a butcher and that's how he provides and that's you know that's the way that they do things it's not in the way of like being just weird i guess just yeah 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 so, um, but definitely give it a watch, come back and join in with us. But if you have seen it or if you're ready to have it spoiled and then watch it, pull up a chair, grab some eggnog or your favorite holiday themed beverage and let's get into it. So right off the bat, before we even explain anything, what is your favorite scene from this movie? Mary, if you want to start. I'm looking at my notes because you know I take notes. Um, fact check <laughs> fact check I gotta be honest my favorite scene is when they reveal Santa and that scared the crap out of me that was more I'm wondering if they took Santa almost to like mix Santa and Krampus together to make the monolith that was Santa. Because Santa well, was you gotta home. remember, <laughs> you gotta remember. Um, obviously, I'm German. Hi, I'm Cassandra. I'm German. Um, but um, I've said this before. The thing that terrifies me about Krampus is I remember hearing about Krampus from my Omi when I was four. And sadly, my Omi passed away when I was five. That was my great-grandmother, my grandfather's mother. Um, but, I mean, that was kind of... You have to look back through the history with Germany, especially with fairy tales and different things, and the landscape of Germany... And realize that that kind of naturally lends into the good with the bad. The culture is very much about balance. There is the good with the bad. So, of course, if there's going to be a good Santa Claus, you know, because you have St. Nicholas Day, which is December 6th, I think, um, where you put your shoes out and St. Nicholas is supposed to bring, like, little coins or chocolate coins and um stuff um but he's the patron saint of christmas um that is who we think of santa claus 
obviously, if we're going to have that, we're going to have anti-Santa, which a lot of people attribute to Krampus. However, in a lot of cultures, Santa isn't necessarily the good guy. Um, and I think that kind of naturally lends into itself. And that is kind of a, a different twist on things because a lot of people think, oh, Krampus is the bad one. I don't think Krampus is bad. I think Krampus is just kind of an in-between. I think Saint, he kind of has to balance Santa out because imagine if everything was rainbows and sunshines and lollipops 24-7. I mean, there was a Charmed episode on it. Remember that episode when um, they turned the world like right with everything and it took away, you know, the strife and the sadness and stuff. And they ended up, it was kind of like, be careful what you wish for. I think that's kind of with this. So it is interesting. I think Krampus gets a bad rap. Listen, somebody has to be the bad guy. Why not Krampus? So, and some of us like bad guys. I mean, come on. I've developed a whole tangent about it. <laughs> so uh Zane what's your favorite part um I liked it when they discovered the Santa but in actuality we find out that he's one of the Santa's helpers that yeah. was a good twist and that was uh yeah that was interesting I didn't like um, how they were treat necessarily treating the character that who played the main elf or however you want to describe him as um, poking him with the stick and that kind of stuff. Like that's just not good. But I guess but, the but language barrier. Was, uh, they also thought he yeah, was they, stealing their children. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, but. Yeah, I mean, they kind of were justified in that. And if you look at a whole throughout this film, it is a lot of very interesting commentary on uh, male friendships and the son and the father interacting. And you got to remember, these are a lot of like rough and tumble dudes. So think about the way that they treat for the poor child, Pietre. Um, which if I'm saying that wrong, don't come clock me. I spent like the whole day. She watched it twice, damn it. She watched it twice. Just so I could get it right. But um I mean like they kind of think that he's a baby and that he's a soft character. And in in a way he kinda is, but I think that's the reason why he ends up saving everyone because he's he's the only one that kind of cares enough to put things together. Cause you know, initially when all the kids get stolen, nobody really notices. They're like, oh yeah, they're they're gonna come back, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, they were stolen. Like they almost like kind of shame him for it. And then when he starts putting the pieces together, the adults are like, Oh, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. need they need that commercial, uh, it's 10 p.m. Where are your children? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> terrifying um <laughs> my favorite scene is when Pietre he jumps out of the uh mm. plane and, and there's all the elves that like uh, stampede his way and it's like he's like 
trying to prove himself and the dad kind of has this like moment in between that where he realizes that maybe he's being too tough on his son and that his son is kind of either with his help or without his help has kind of become the man that you know he wanted him to so um but I like that scene, and I also think it's really freaking crazy that there's a bunch of naked, grown men running in a pack as elves towards there. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. interesting. Yeah, so um, so for those who haven't seen it, again, Rare Exports is a 2010 film, uh, finished film, and it is based off of two shorts. Um, one short that is rare exports and then they made a sequel that was like safety protocols i have not been able to find those on the interwebs so anyone who's listening if you find it let us know if i find it in the meantime from now until when we post the episode i'll put it in the description so people can see um but that's kind of the idea in the end where you see them with the santa you know the elves and the whole production so we'll get into that but um yeah, so to preface this film, um, kind of to summarize it, uh, basically the film starts out and we kind of find out about this big Finnish mountain, um, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name, I'm sorry. Um, I think it's like the Volgenek Mountain, um, but again, don't come for me. I'm trying my best here. Uh, but... We see a lot of researchers and this kind of weird, like, Scrooge McDuck character almost um, that's really invested in drilling into the mountain. That's such a good way to describe him. <laughs> it really is. Because this is really, this is really the definition of fuck around and find out. Because, like, this man is clearly motivated by, like, what's in there? What's in there? And they... He, even though there's a huge ice mound and they like, did we not learn from alien like that alien versus predator movie? The, the first one where they drilled in and they found all that stuff. But then that whole chain reaction, like I'm pretty sure this is the plot of at least six of the alien movies where they fuck around and find out. Um, if it's buried, leave it alone. There's a reason yeah. someone buried it. Or like, if like in like movies when they have like, something locked in a box and you open the box don't what do you do i'm always yelling at the do not learn from horror movies in the past don't yes. open things you shouldn't open don't open things you shouldn't and don't go into basements alone or ever take a 12 gauge shotgun with you or at least a taser or at least something I'll sharp. The shotgun. Or a knife. Nice long knife, knife would be a good idea. Um, but Flame yeah, door. so they... <laughs> Flame burn the fucker down. <laughs> but we don't really get to see like what they are trying. But he kind of put some weird rules down, like no swearing. You have to wash behind the ears, and you kind of wonder like, why is this? Which is interesting, as we just talked about, because Krampus kind of has some of those rules, too. Um, and we see that in the Krampus film, but we will talk about that at a different time. 
Um, but so while that's going on, we see Pietre and his friend and they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Um, which by the way, I don't blame any of these parents at all for being fucking pissed that they're out there trying to live their idyllic life out in this little village. They built up the, their own little space and everything. And then this Scrooge McDuck character is just blowing shit up on the mountain and fucking with their lives. Like, did we not learn anything from Creature from the Black Lagoon? Don't fuck with our shit. We won't fuck with you. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the message. Um, so, but we see him go back home. And that's when we get the, the beginning credits. And uh, Pietro is just like, Santa Claus ain't good, man. I'm going to do my research. Um, so we see him like research and research. And she, he almost like home alones his house to make sure that he like knows when the Santa is coming in and stuff. One of my favorite parts too is when he's talking to his little friend and he hands him the like thing for his butt. And he is like to protect your butt from, you know, it being whipped or whatever. And it's because he saw in a book that, like, Santa was, like, hitting children. You see a really disturbing picture of Santa putting one of the children in a pot. Um, so, yeah, that just shatters our ideas of Santa right away. Like, cooking children in a pot, not on the Christmas checklist. I would hope not. Well, not um, for us. But yeah. uh, cr- uh, Santa, I was, I'm so used to Krampus. Santa has a different story. Yeah, this is not like the Saint Nick Santa that we think of. some things. Yeah, this is this is a Santa is Santa. some things. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we kind of see them a day before Christmas. It, this is where we kind of start everything. Um, Pietre and his dad, they go to meet everyone. They're supposed to have this big gathering where a bunch of reindeer come and that's how I think it's reindeer or elk. I think it I, reindeer, reindeer. Um, and that's how they feed themselves during the winter time. And it's also like a coming out. of age moment too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you see his friend like go up to the dad and be like, do you have a, a light for my cigarette? And the dad's like, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. So he's like, I don't think you're ready for that. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a coming of age. We we find out, though, that something has fucked with the reindeer. All the reindeer are almost dead, um, which is a huge thing for them because that's not that's not only how they feed their family, but how they make money. And so instantly... You know, we find out that there have been some coyotes and some activity because of them blowing things up on the mountain. And they go to the fence. They see part of the fence um, pulled back. And that was from Pietre and his friend. Um, They think it's from the people in the mountain. And they think that that's enabled wolves to come and decimate. Um, So they get very pissed off because that means that not only are they not going to be able to feed their families for the winter, but it's going to lead them to bankruptcy. Um, so in true fashion, which I will have to say, the one thing about this movie that I think is hilarious is the dad and his friends are almost like the Finnish 
Lost Boys, if you think about it, with just the way that their characters are, like the one guy with the sunglasses all the time with the toothpick, and the other guy that's like uh, the really tall one that's always got the jacket, like like they all have like their own like it's almost like they're a Finnish bad boy group. Like you expect <laughs> them to like break out and start rapping with like their own style and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like it really is. Um, but they get upset. They go to the mountain and they try to see if they can like go after whoever has been blowing stuff up at the mountain and everyone is gone, which is a bad sign because like 20 minutes ago, there was a whole crew of people and now everyone's gone and shit is just weird. And there's a huge hole that something came out of. Um, also which that, sounds uh, really... that mountain they say is a burial ground. Yes. Yes. Which Another reason you don't touch place. it. <laughs> yeah. Burial ground doesn't exactly translate into let's, let's go digging. Yeah, let's like. Did we not learn anything from Pet Cemetery? Like, bruh, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but they don't listen, and instantly, like Pietre is like, listen, there is some shit going on, and <laughs> everyone's like, you're just being a baby. Um, which is sad because like the whole movie, everyone's counting him out, but he is the only one that is actually taking any of this seriously. And so he gets back. We kind of get a glimpse into seeing where um, we don't know exactly what happened, but Pietre's mom is not in the picture. We kind of see his dad is kind of trying to take over for that. Um, Broke my so, heart seeing him. And I saw him in a new light because at first I was like, this guy's kind of a jerk. And then, and then I'm like, he's a single father doing his best while at the same time grieving and I was just like my heart broke for him yeah and I think in a way because of the fact that his mom is not in the picture that his dad is trying to set him up to be a man and he thinks okay well this is you know I want you to take over. I want you to be that person, you know, the person. Okay, so back to our regularly scheduled program. So basically, this was the day before Christmas, um, which I think, is it the day before Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas? I think it's the day before Christmas. I think so, so. Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, it's all like what happens. Day. Yeah, guess what I think happens? The, I think the parents were more upset that the heaters were gone than their kids being missing. I know. So weird <laughs> shit happens. So what happens is those Home Alone traps that Pietre had set up, a lot of them are like, they're like, he could tell that something happened. The biggest one being... The dad the day before, which we didn't really talk about this, but he set up like a hole with a bunch of spikes and stuff with a pig head above it to because of the coyotes, because he was trying to keep them away from their property. 
Um, well, a coyote isn't in that hole, and we'll get into that in a minute, but um, the heaters are gone. Things are really weird. And then Pietre's dad ends up finding a dude in the coyote hole. And it's kind of like, what the fuck? And the dad is more focused on the person. Pietre ends up finding what we assume there in their mind is like a doppelganger for the children. So whenever they take a child, this like wicker version of themselves gets replaced with it. Well, apparently that stopped this person from taking Pietre because his is still intact. Well, weird stuff is happening. Pietre ends up freaking out and running to go find his friend. His friend is gone. There's a, a wicker person in place in his. And the dad's like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. Like, oh, it's nothing. Like, maybe he's out with a girl. And so nobody's putting any of this together. Pietre ends up, like, calling about every single kid in the village, being like, is your child home? Blah, blah, blah. And you would think at this point, like, the parents get together and, like, put two and two together. It doesn't happen, man. It does not. So we get back to dad. Dad is irritated because he thinks that this guy is the guy behind, like, the reason why all the reindeer died and the business is kind of getting crazy. Well, Pietre is like, no, it's Santa. And, you know, the Motley crew get together and they're all like poking and prodding him, like Mary said earlier. And they're like not taking Pietre seriously until the fact that like Pietre is out looking outside and this, uh, this guy is salivating over him, like hanging over the window and stuff. And that's the only time that he'll really engage with them. So they decide, Hey, in our infinite wisdom, this guy is a great bargaining chip. Let's talk to the people in charge of the mountain and see what happens. So we, we end up finding out that this is one of the people from the mountain. And they're like, okay, we have your Santa Claus. You know, we'll exchange him. And again, Pietri is like the voice of wisdom. He's like, no, no, this is this is not good. They show up at the rendezvous point. This is not Santa. This is an elf. There are other elves. And so a bunch of random older men and women show up and are just like, I don't think there was any women now that I think about it. It was all men. It was all men. Yeah, yeah it was all men. And the the guy the Scrooge McDuck ends up getting snatched like he's like everybody calm down everyone be quiet and then he ends up being the one that just gets killed and I mean like he's violently killed this not is not just, like not just pew pew it's yeah so <laughs> they're after him so if you are wondering the whole time where the kids are well Pietre this whole time has had 
this advent calendar that he stapled in like tape and kept the doors shut on day 24. There just so happens to be a large barn. And so Pietre opens it and finds out that Santa is actually like a 50 foot tall version of himself. Wasn't it and a airport hanger? Like a, a plane hanger? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. So Yeah, because um, there's like multiple ones and they tried like every single door until they finally went to the one that Santa was in. And the reason why they stole the, you know, the hair dryers and the heaters and everything like that is to melt the Santa. And the kids are in sacks, um, like presents. Oh, that's so delivered. funny. I know. And so they're like, how are we going to fix this? So Pietre is like, they, they're arguing amongst themselves. And he's like, no, listen, it's my time to shine. We're going to boss up and do this. So he decides to go with one of the adults, uh, the one that could drive the plane. And um, let's get the elves out of here. So like I said, it's literally like a herd of naked men. I'm just, I'm just going to be straight honest with you. No, it's just a bunch of older naked gentlemen. So if you are triggered by that, don't watch that part. Just, just fair warning. I'm not making fun of anybody if they do. I'm just saying like, I'm just warning you. Okay. It gets a little weird. So, um, but while that's happening, like, they're like, how are we going to stop this Santa? And so they decide we're going to blow him the fuck up. And so that's what they do is they blow him up. And while that's happening, he's trying. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you are watching the YouTube version, Zane still somehow his reactions are <laughs> apparently he, he is the chosen Hollywood square in this episode again. Um, because when he does like different uh -huh. things like that, it like rains and does crazy things. So please check out the YouTube video if you want to go to Google because starting just like hand motions, we don't have that power. Miria and I don't. So I don't know how. No, nothing. <laughs> Mary's like touching it. So um, like, I see with my hands. So Pietre decides, oh, you know, I'm going to save everyone. So he dives out of the plane and onto the ground to get the electricity started. And it looks like it's about to be donezo for Pietre. I mean, he tells the pilot, like, tell my dad I love him. I'm gone. And just as that happens, like, you think he's a goner? They blow up Santa. And that, like, breaks out the spell of whatever is going on. So they've herded all of these older gentlemen into this area. And they're like, okay, what do we do now? Well, because they are businessmen, they're like, hey, we're going to train them and ship them out so they could be Santas all across the world. So that's how the film ends as we see them teaching them how to be Santas. It's funny because, like, the dad has fully, like, embraced the fact that his son is now, like, a mini him. 
so he's like holding him as he's like they're trying to help and like it's the craziest thing so the last image we see is them boxing up these santas and sending them out and that's where we get rare exports is because mm -hmm. of the fact that they ship the santas out and um the their santas business are logo their business is called rare exports Inc. yeah yeah, with the the Santa logo, and that's mm -hmm. what how we found out that the San that they're making the you know joke or the insinuation that the Santas that we see at malls and different things like that are the wild elves that they ended up kind of domesticating and selling to different places, um, which in turn made them the money all the money that they lost. Um, so. I would highly recommend watching this movie. This movie is um, heartwarming. It's got a lot of action, fantasy. It's weird. It's out there, but you just love every moment of it. Um, I would highly recommend. And the fact that this movie came out 13 years ago and still holds up the way that it does, and it's kind of like become an, a, a secret gem among the horror community because I still run into so many people who don't know about this which just burns my buttons it grinds um, my ears this, yeah it grinds my gears because this is a great hidden gem I really believe that um so if you guys could formulate a sequel to this movie what would you do that one attack her, uh, attack mrs claus like miss oh, like a mrs oh. claus one like what if mrs claus comes for revenge that'd be uh, interesting um, that uh mine would be part of santa still alive or maybe they didn't know santa had a kin and something and it activates yes. all the Santa, the elves yes. that are Santa. That's a good, that's, that's a good, good one. one. I like, I, I'm wondering though if Santa is like a 50 foot, almost like Godzilla version of himself. Um, Do we think Mrs. Claus is also a 50 foot Godzilla, Godzilla version of herself? Or maybe she's smaller? Like, I don't know. That's for them to I don't figure know. out. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> Not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> so can I talk about just a couple things that I pointed out, yeah. my reactions? Because <laughs> I always take notes. Whoa. Back check. <laughs> so um, I put, isn't this kid cold? He's never wears pants outside. <laughs> I know. He's always in his underwear. I'm like... Like, they must just be built for the cold, because I'm telling you what, I like cold, but I ain't running out in my chonies. Yeah, no. Um, I, uh, I also talked about, I also wrote down, um, what, what was it, um, I'm trying to, I don't think I wrote down, but I remember, um, what is his doll he carries with him? That thing looks scary. Oh, um, <laughs> Maybe that's the sequel. I <laughs> got the color dolls. <laughs> it's like I forget what it's. It's supposed to be like a bunny. Yeah. 
So my question, Mary brought up a good question, but was anybody else wondering in the beginning, how did this kid come across that many evil Santa books in a remote village <laughs> in Finland? That was one thing I had wondered, where did these books come from? I mean, some of like, the books... They don't... Some of the books probably came from their local library, Mary. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't think they have a local library. I don't think yeah, they yeah, have. Right uh, listen, yeah, I, I don't think they have, like, maybe they have one of those, like, little libraries where, you know, like how we have mm -hmm. out here, Zane, with where yeah. you, like, they're in random people's front yards. And, like, oh, we have that, too. You know, buildings oh, and yeah. stuff. But I'm also thinking, like, maybe past that's out. awfully it, specific. It's oddly specific. Like, like, you if go you to have like the evil... local spinster, maybe they had all the books, and you'd be like, "Hey, yo, I'll give you some time with you, so you're not so lonely." But I don't know. Or maybe they're passed down throughout the families. Maybe they're crazy but, uh, that, but... family heirlooms. <laughs> but Pass. my question is, like, <laughs> if they had, if they had that many like family heirloom books like that. Wouldn't that be a sign that maybe you shouldn't uncover? They're you know, men. They don't stuff? read instructions. I mean, some. It's not just men, okay? In this everyone, case, it was men. But, <laughs> but there. I mean, we're just saying in this oddly specific this case, case. case. Yeah, the, a lot of the men were around, and they were. A lot of the guys were like single dads. Um, so, I will say the kid was stressing me out the whole movie, not listening <laughs> to his dad in certain spots when he's like, there's something scary outside. And he's like, stay here. And he goes out and I'm like, he's going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> I was just like, and then he runs away to the cops. I'm like, oh, that's poor kid. I know. The cop in that movie was just like, are you supposed to be there? And he's like, and he's like, no. Okay. We're okay. on the same page then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, honestly, a lot of it is just like the whole time you're like, who the fuck is watching these kids? Like, I, know. I understand. Like, listen, I understand it's a quiet remote village. They probably don't have a lot of crime, but if you look at how big Pietre's father's house is, like he has the house and the butcher shop and like everything, that is a lot of remote land. And they have like little like ATV things, little ski things to get from one place to another. Snowmobiles? Snowmobiles, that's, that's what it is. Um, thank you. Um, but they have those to like get back and forth to each other's property. Right. So if your neighbor is five miles away, why You're are scared. you letting your I was about to say, why are you letting your kid go like out in the wilderness? Like I'm stressed out when my kid goes around the block. These people are literally letting their kids go into, you know, Bram Stoker's forest where Dracula and his friends are probably hiding in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> and it's winter time, which makes it even worse. And you're like, yeah, just come back later for cookies. We're all good. 
I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? No, you can, if I can't see you, and that's very, like, not far because it's snowing. If I can't see five feet in front of me, yeah, I'm just like, there are two, like, you're talking about coyotes, there are killer elf Santa people running around now, (laughs) and and you're just, and, and not even removing the killer Santa part, coyotes and something that's obviously killing livestock and you're letting your small children like Piotr is like what nine ten talk about creepy is when the guy's like we uncovered what seems to be a nest a nest for what literally is what it said a nest for what well we don't know well shouldn't you figure that out first before you come tell me this is my thing, bringing it full circle, okay? People are worried about, like, the creepy crawlies of Halloween, right? They're worried about the Draculas and the stuff like that. Dracula has never pretended to be something that he's not, okay? Even when he tried for Mina Harker, he couldn't, okay? But we have Santa, who's supposed to be this, like, cuddly, like, boy-next-door character. Like, he was a builder. He did all this for the kids, blah, blah, blah. He is a 50-foot Godzilla motherfucker. And you're going to be out here complaining about the creepies and crawlies from Halloween? Yeah. I get it. Just saying. Um, On the parenting level, my thing was, too, is who is letting their kid jump on a giant net Ride it out of. The I don't hanger. think t- I don't think the kid told his dad he was doing that because otherwise I think we would have seen that. Oh, because I was like I was stressed yeah. out so I am my kid. <laughs> yeah. No, his dad knew. His mm-hmm. dad knew. His dad, his dad knew. Didn't know that he was jumping off. No. And like diving into like a. Oh, yeah, you're right. it you was didn't know. for the reindeer. It was that electric fence so they can just shoot them in a, yeah, like a fish in a barrel. The, but I think the reason, I don't think the dad was happy about it, but I think the reason he had to is because if Pietre didn't go, the elves would have stayed because they have to, we saw that with the, you know, the slaughterhouse when the elf was in there. When he saw Pietre, that's when he perked up. So if they left behind any one of those kids, the elves would have stayed. They would have continued to fight. I mean, right. but so that was the whole thing. I don't think his dad was probably happy after like, you know, going through all of that and him him being like, yeah, I jumped out of a plane. If I you was that what? parent, I'd be <laughs> like, okay. I'd be like, okay, you didn't die. So kudos. But also, but you're you grounded fucking for a... grounded. <laughs> you're grounded for two months. And can you we jump about... oh, go, go ahead. You jumped out of a plane. Like you expected to be to be chill about that? Like no, no. Um, another no. thing is the elves are cannibals because one of them oh, yeah. I, I, and they all ate him. I think, <laughs> I think they ate the workers on the mountain. No, some of them were the workers on the mountain. Yeah, like uh, at one point, one of them gets hurt or gets something happens, and all of them jump in and start eating them. Yeah, survival of the fittest. Well, ugliest, but 
in this case. But okay, that just brings the question: if they are the elves and Santa is like the fifty-foot, like Santa actually is Krampus, then where's Krampus? What? What the fuck? Like Krampus is out out here getting like blamed for everything and. He's sitting back probably watching this movie being like, they're sitting straight facts here. <laughs> All facts, no <laughs> All facts, no printer. <laughs> He's like, it's about time somebody uh, somebody told the revealed. fucking truth. <laughs> so, which leads me to just a, a side note, but um, in preparing for some of these things for Creepmas, I just want to say, okay, I am obviously someone who enjoys the uh, the uh, spicy books. I, I'm a book. I'm a big book talk person, obviously, because of reading books for the podcast here, and then ones on my own. Um, there are limits for even me, though. Um, I'm sorry. Some of these Krampus stories, I enjoy the bulk of them, but some of them are a little too specific for my taste, okay? I, I just want to know who has all the time to be thinking about this. And if I find out that there, there is one that's kind of inspired by rare exports where, like, Santa is a monster, I, I'm going to be a little concerned, okay? Just saying. But, uh, you know, let your freak, freak flag fly, you know. Do you. But uh, I'm just a little concerned with the amount of just, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it, it's just a little concerning for me, guys. And I'm somebody who roots for the underdog and creatures. I was trying and to fact check, but I didn't see anything around that realm yet. So, but I'll deep dive. No, so deep diver. I'll I, deep dive into that because I want to know. I will, I will link. <laughs> Okay, so I will link a book because it was one of the ones that I actually did like um, when I saw the Santa ones because I did read a couple of them for research. Okay, for research. Sure. Um, research. Um, but one of them, Santa was the bad guy. Krampus um, is supposed to be like kind of the morally gray bad guy with the heart of gold that is just trying to like save his people, you know, the kind of like Jack Skellington almost. Um, and Santa is the one that wants him to be bad. And so he does some pretty fucked up shit to get Krampus to be bad. So Can we also talk all they're also making Santa sexy. <laughs> Have you seen the books? There's a lot of books where Santa is sexy. Santa's ripped. <laughs> I'm here for it. I mean, I'm gonna I see watched, much more, but that you got me. I I mean, going back to Hallmark movies, I did watch one uh, recently that was like a Santa Claus theme, where like the the woman like thought Santa like there was a burglar going around and the woman thought that like the actual Santa was a burglar and it wasn't it's Santa's son who is like taking over for the first time and I forget who plays him but he's one of the hotter guys in the Hallmark realm that does stuff but uh 
but he was a hot Santa. I was like, girl, if that man came down my chimney, I'm just saying, you're yeah. single. I wouldn't be arguing if he's a burglar or not. I'd be like, <laughs> listen, we'll call it a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah. You got me. It's, yeah, I, it, oh, no. I would be like, I'd, oh, I'd be like, no. I'd be like, oh no. Well, I did ask Santa to bring me someone pretty <laughs> hot. <laughs> I guess that's you. Like, so, but no, I mean, like, I get it. Like, we all, whatever scratches your itch, <laughs> I get it. I see it. But I'm just concerned, especially, okay, if we're going to go there, we're going to go there. But uh, the whole, like, cramp, like, some of the Krampus ones, it's just about, like, fantasizing him as a monster. I get that because of someone who loves horror, uh, you know, I am naturally attracted to the bad guy. I am naturally attracted to the person that they make out to be a monster. But there are just some oddly specific things with, like, Krampus' physique, like his tongue. And, like, the fact that he hits children with, like, the, the the sticks and stuff, that just, um, it I'm makes me so, a little concerned. I'm so <laughs> desensitized from that, because I love it. I love me a good monster <laughs> romance. I go, love me a good smut book. Give it to me. <laughs> I Well, no. I, listen, I do too. Like, I do too, but... I, but I'm just like, okay, I feel like, like at this point, this person has to be writing a thesis on like certain attributes of Krampus for the way that they're describing things. It's just a little concerning. So, you gotta but be listen, if, if that's your jam, go for it. I'm, I'm just happy to see that they're not only showing Santa love, but they're showing, you know, Krampus a lot more love because, you know, Santa can be the bad guy. So, Sometimes too, as this story shows us. So, um, <gasps> obviously, as we wrap this up, this is our <laughs> Christmas episode. So, I'm going to ask a couple Christmas questions, but one of mine being, uh, this obviously isn't never. Huh? I'm never a good girl. We know. Just checking. I else. So, um, I, I'm more morally gray, okay? Me, me and the monsters, that's why we vibe. So, um, you know, if Santa's good to me this year, he'll he'll let me have a conversation with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Because I really just want to talk to him and apologize on behalf of all the fucked up humanity that those people came in and fucked with his shit and then had the audacity to be mad at him. I just, I just feel like somebody needs to do an apology tour for him. So that could be my one Christmas wish. There you, you go. Know that, or, you know, if Gerard Butler comes gift wrap, I do it. You know, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Jim would let me have a hall pass. I'm just kidding. So I looked it up. There are romance books about Creature of the Black Lagoon. So if you're interested, a of them. <laughs> if you're interested, no, 
No, but you know what's crazy is we talked about this. Next, (laughs) we talked about this on the Dracula episode. I have read a couple of Phantom of the Opera books where they kind of a lot of people feel the same way I do, where it's like, listen, this is weird. Like this guy just popped up out of nowhere, and now he's the good guy. So there's one in particular that um, Raul is the bad guy, which rightfully so, because if you watch Love Never Dies, like he was a closet asshole the whole time. And that that proves it right there. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent alert. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no. So if we're talking about those, I have to mention that. I have read a couple of the fans from the opera books because somebody told me that the other day. They're like, have you read? No, listen, I know. I, I know. I've read I them. know these things. But I go ahead. These things. <laughs> Shimmy, Still, you're in. a big deal to me. <laughs> uh, vampire romance. Oh, my God. Oh. I have gone to the... <laughs> Girl, same. This is coming from the woman that that had the encyclopedia. Yeah, so, so I wonder if they. So a little fan of the opera, I'm like, that's mild. That's they're, they're human. <laughs> no, but I mean, like Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler played Dracula in the Phantom. Like, yeah, gold star. Like, well, we already know he's super hot. <laughs> clearly, and that's even before he became King Leonidas and like shoved that guy down a hole. So, all I remember is this is Sparta, and that guy just went, shh. Um, but, tangent. Uh, so, obviously, this is my hidden gem for Christmas. If there is a movie, a Christmas movie that you think of, it could be Christmas, or it could be Christmas horror, that you could recommend to somebody that you don't think they know about what would it be or maybe a christmas horror movie that doesn't get enough love that you personally would recommend to somebody hmm that's a good one um gosh that is a good question but not known well no i mean it it could be one maybe that more horror fans know about but I mean, it could be anyone. I mean, I could definitely. So one that I could think of off the top of my head right now, and I understand people have some feelings about the way that it ended, but um, it's a wonderful knife that came out this year. That was fantastic. Um, I feel like people need to be watching that ASAP. Um, another good one, OG Black Christmas. Like, if you don't oh, know yeah. what Black Christmas is, you need to watch it. Um, oh, I didn't know we were allowed to say that one. <laughs> uh, better Watch Out. Better Watch Out is a good one. So, um, I mean, there are just, there are so many. I mean, it could even be a, a just a Christmas movie, though. Um. Christmas movie. So, um, what about 
one of my favorites is um office christmas party has anyone seen that no i know what you're talking about though that movie was so ridiculous oh and i want to i want to make a statement bruce willis is wrong die hard is a christmas movie i don't care what anyone says literally the movie is he goes at a christmas party (laughs) he's at a christmas party (laughs) die hard die hard is a christmas harry potter is a christmas movie i mean people say harry potter is a christmas movie all the time especially the first one and christmas is only like a little bit of that I say Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. The one that keeps um, popping in my head is um it's a oh. it's a Disney one. It's the um Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas. I love Oh that my one. god. <laughs> For you 90s babies. I actually yes. remember one. I just remember because I was looking at like I have a list of all my favorite movies and everything. But I actually own this movie. Hold on. I disappeared. She did. Mary went into the void. Whoa. Her chair's like, I'm still here. Okay. (laughs) And she's back. Jump scare. Oh, shoot. Nope. You gotta hold it in front of your face. Oh, all the creatures All the creatures were stirring. I found this at the oh well my mother in law found this at the Dollar Tree. I was so excited. Yeah. This is a movie people don't talk about. Yeah, all the creatures are stirring is definitely a good one. It is um, underrated um, for those of us who don't know about it. Mary, take it away. Um, Tell us so, about it. So let me put it up. So people come to my face. Um, you disappeared it, entirely. She disappeared entirely. Oh, I'm I'm going crazy. So it's basically um, a vengeful like. How do I explain it? I don't want to give it away. If they haven't seen it. Yeah. Um. um features are stirring. There you go. Yeah, they're, they're stirring. Um, so basically it's like, it's joyful Christmas spirit takes a dark turn pretty much. It's pretty much like, um, oh God, how do I, I don't want to give it away because I want you people to watch it. Yeah, it basically, I would just say it is very much unexpected. It's not, it doesn't go in the direction you think it's going to go. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give. All the, there's supernatural evil involved. But yeah, say that. I would say uh, it's on Tubi. It is mm-hmm. a quick ninety minute watch. I would watch it. Um, a couple that I could think of, uh, horror wise, right off the top of my head, is uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas came out last year. That is on Shutter. And it is a killer Santa robot annihilating people. So sold. <laughs> um, another one that a lot of people don't talk about, because I, I think they forget that it's a horror movie, um, but P2. Um, P2 is That's about a, right. a woman. That's right, yeah. 
Yeah, P2 is about a woman that gets uh, trapped by this guy that she thinks is a nice guy. And he ends up being obsessed with her and kidnaps her and traps her in the level, the levels of the garage underneath her work. And she has to fight her way out of that. Um, there are a couple that I have not seen yet that I want to see. Uh, the mean one um, is one with David Howard Thornton, where he is uh, the Grinch, but a killer Grinch. Um, somebody who murdered Cindy Lou Who's whole family and she comes back to get revenge. There is a nutcracker themed horror movie that came out this year that I have Yeah, I heard also, about that. Yes, that I have also not gotten a chance to see. Um another good one is um oh my gosh, Anna and the Apocalypse, if you've never seen it. That's um, oh it yeah. Is, is is a it's a musical yeah i've seen that i know what you're talking about yeah and in the apocalypse is a uh musical um basically about zombies um and it takes place during christmas so if those checks checks your boxes i would definitely recommend those um i mean there are just so many honestly i would just recommend jack Frost is. is another good one mercy christmas i was looking through my list i was like there's one i was in love with last year mercy christmas have you seen it i haven't seen that oh so basically this this won't spoil it this woman um that she's like the hot chick in the office invites this like nerd guy home with her christmas and he thinks oh man i've hit the jackpot then it turns out her family is not christmasy they are uh not good at all <laughs> and it um it, I, it takes a twist uh are we talking cannibals yeah well kind of uh, oh okay yeah and maybe sadistic torture and <laughs> it's just really messed up oh, wow. but it's a comedy <laughs> oh it's really good another I saw, I saw it on accident i was like what's this and i was trying to watch something else that's the one that was on the tip of my tongue sorry <laughs> no you're fine another good one um if you're a 90s kid and you remember the jack frost with um Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton. yes. Uh, okay, if you Google Jack Frost, you will know that there are two Jack Frost. Mm-hmm. The one that has Michael Keaton and the one that is not the children-friendly version. The not yes. children-friendly version is a killer snowman um, that is inhabited with the spirit of a serial killer and goes out and kills people. Um, there are ridiculous sequels to it. It's just kind of uh, basic fun. Um, in the spirit of Die Hard, uh, one movie that I don't think people remember is kind of technically Christmas themed is Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet happens a week before yeah. Christmas and is Christmas themed in ways. So uh, Night of the Comet is about uh, a comet that kind of goes over the sky one night and whoever 
wasn't outside when it happened that scared um but those who didn't turned in to ash or turned into weird zombies and there are two valley girls that are kind of trying to make their way out of it and it is a comedy it's hilarious and it's just fun so um we'll link a lot of these movies down below um so what's one fun thing about christmas you guys like because i think a lot of people feel like christmas can't be for those of us who like the spooky life christmas can't be spooky either but creepness i mean i think christmas can be whatever you want it to be if you want to have a black christmas tree and have a bunch of horror icon ornaments go for it if you're like we do and plan on having a pink Christmas I was about to say if you're like me and want to have a pink Christmas tree next year filled with horror craft ornaments and that that's what grinds your coffee at night I don't know what I was saying with that statement that's what I've that never statement. heard that your coffee in the morning that's the that's the statement i don't know why i just thought that guys it's the week before christmas pray for us parents okay <laughs> you're not well right now <laughs> so uh no uh but yeah a lot of people don't think i think christmas if you want to enjoy christmas the hallmark way and then also flip-flop and one day you're, you know, Christmas, bloody Christmas. The next minute you're watching Three Wise Men and a Baby on Hallmark. I say go for it. I think Christmas can be whatever you want it to be. I think people put way too many rules on it. If you have your own traditions and the way you want to do things, go for it. They're, I mean, they're selling Dracula, the Dracula version of Elf on the Shelf for Halloween. So at this point, anything can go. Let's be honest. So, what's one tradition you guys do? Or one part of Christmas that you like? We go to my grandparents for dinner. Yeah. What about you, Mary? What's one um, part of Christmas you like? We have a cookie baking day, and then we build gingerbread houses, and we destroy them. I could get behind that. <laughs> yeah it's really fun <laughs> and therapeutic because by the end of it you're pissed off because it's hard to make a gingerbread gingerbread i don't know if that's hard but a gingerbread house stay up do it by i mean i don't know <laughs> i'm dying what, what, what'd you say give it back <laughs> It's just a pill dissolving yeah. into frosting. That'll make <laughs> you stay the, up. Listen. The family's poisoned. <laughs> listen, that sounds like a movie to me. Gavin, let's get on this. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who poisoned their family on Christmas with the gingerbread having Viagra. <laughs> It'll just be called V. <laughs> It'll just be called G for gingerbread. True. Um, so for me, I like Christmas lights. I love um, Christmas lights. Love them. I love lights. I think that that's um, a great way to spend time with family. 
Um, yeah, I just like it. And I have a neighbor. I will have to see if they'll, I like to ask people permission. So I'll have to see if uh, they'll let me. But I have a neighbor who bought one of the, you know, 10 foot skeletons. Um, and since Halloween, they've dressed it up for Thanksgiving and then they switched it to Christmas. They have it dressed up as Santa with a big, like St. Bernard dog blow up in front of it. Like he's walking the dog for Christmas. Um, That's so great. I hope they continue. I hope they continue this for Valentine's day and every, I, I, I hope we get a whole backstory on this. Like I'm here for this, like keep those 10 foot, uh, 10 foot skeletons out in your yard all year, man. Do it. You spent that money. Get get your money's worth. I saw a car the other day that had a skeleton strapped at the top, and they put a Santa hat on it and lights. That's fun. I like, I like when people do creative things with their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. Um, yeah. I think Christmas lights are great. Uh what is one thing you guys are thankful for this year? Friends and family. Mary. Being here. I know. Yes. I um I love my friends and family. I agree with Zane. I also agree with Mary. You know, uh, we're ending this year with a bang. We have this episode and then a special episode that's coming out the last Friday of the year. Um, with a very special guest and uh, we've been doing this for two years now this is uh this is crazy and this year was our craziest yet we added two co-hosts in a year um kylie and mary um and our podcast just keeps getting bigger and bigger and we would not be here without any of you um so we truly appreciate everything that you do to support us and uh, we're going to be doing a lot more in the new year we're going to have a lot more to come so if you thought 2023 was crazy 2024 is going to be even bigger yeah we're going to have so many new projects and things that we have going on and um you know it's a combination of all of our hard work and especially with bringing on mary and kylie you know this is hard work. Uh, we love what we do, but there's a lot of thought and work that goes behind um, doing this. So um, we appreciate you seeing that and appreciating that and continuing to let us grow and grow our family. Um, so tell us, you know, down below. And if you're watching this on YouTube in the comments, what your favorite parts of Christmas are, if there's any Christmas horror movies that we haven't seen that you want to share along with us. Um, and if you are looking for some recommendations, like I said, we'll have some down below. Um, but we hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday. And um, I know holidays can got to be a mixed bag for everyone. There are people who are celebrating holidays without a loved one this year. Um, there are, you know, people whose children are in the hospital and it's it could be a hard a good time of year and a hard time of year it could be a duality of both so for everyone who feels that way we see you as well and know that you are not alone 
And if you ever need anything or you are ever in a place where you feel not okay, there are resources out there. And I know that this is a hard time of year and where that is very much prevalent. Um, and I know that we've made strides in mental health, um, but we do have a long way to go. Um, but there are resources available. So we will put some of those down below. And definitely, if you are ever in that place, I would just encourage you to, to reach out to those resources and find a way through it. Um, because you are loved, you are seen, you are valuable. And um, just because you are in a dark place today doesn't mean that that's going to be the same place you're in a year from now. So um, that's just my little soapbox. I feel like it's important to recognize that the holidays are not great for everyone. Um, I know I kind of have a similar experience. My uh, grandfather, who is like my father, died on Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, it's been over 10 years. And Thanksgiving is always a weird time for me. Um, I mean, I try to celebrate it and be happy. But there will always be a little bit of a weird undertone. Because I'll always want that person here. Um, right. So I see you. I see what you're going through. And um, just know that you are not alone. And that it is okay to not be okay. So that is from big sister, little sister, Cassandra. Whatever you want to call me. <laughs> so, but um, we love everyone who listens to this podcast we appreciate you we appreciate you letting us learn and grow this year i'm so happy that we have added kylie and mary to our family um i know it might seem like a gimmick but we are truly family on this podcast there are so many times where this everyone in this podcast has truly saved my life um has made me whole when I didn't think that that was possible and that's just a product of the way that our friendship is because this is not only a podcast this is a family and we truly do care about each other that's not a gimmick that's not something we cook up as a salacious background for it um we're friends outside of this we care about each other and the, the podcast is just a product of this so um, I appreciate the opportunities and everything that we've been able to do this year because of that and the people that we've been able to meet and the things that we've been able to do and how this has strengthened our friendships. So I love everyone out there that listens, but I also love my Horrorcraft family, which is Zane and Mary and Kylie. So they are what I am thankful for this this year as well. Oh, so, so nice. I love you guys. Love you. Yeah. Feel the same way. Love you. I'm. I feel so like lucky to become a super fan and then become a co-host. Like what? Like <laughs> it's awesome. It. I. And it's not just something that like we did as a gimmick. Like Mary was a super fan. Um, Mary was coming on to actually promote her books when before she transitioned from being an author um, to being in the horror genre. And we kind of just organically started that way. She came on to do the Black 
Christmas episode with us and we just vibed and we're like, Hey, we're growing. We need somebody else. And I think it's hard to have chemistry. Um, you know, we've had that kind of realm before where things haven't worked out because the chemistry can be there at first, but then just fades away. Um, that's not it when it comes to this. Like what you see on this podcast is who we are in person too. Um, our group chats are wild. <laughs> if those ever get leaked, you guys pray for us. If those ever get leaked, um, because we're just wild, but also too, we, we just check in with each other every day and it really is a sisterhood. It really is a family where we love and we care about each other. And it's not just caring about the podcast. It's caring about us as people. And I think when you have something that you love and you are surrounded by people who you love doing it, that's a product of um, hard work and everything that we've built in this podcast. So, and, you know, we're also appreciative to the people who came before all this. Um, you know, Brittany is my childhood best friend and she will always be, you know, Brittany and I can be in different places in our life and I can pick up that phone and we'll right there with each other. Um, and I think that's a testament to truly loving somebody and caring about somebody. Same way with Zane and I, Zane and I normally talk date, you know, every day. And we could talk, go through periods where we don't talk for a couple of days. And it's like, you know, I'm alive. And you're like, bitch, I knew you were alive. I was just waiting for you to call me and work it out. And <laughs> so I'm grateful to have those friendships, both past and present. I mean, obviously, Brittany is not a past friendship, but, you know, her time being a co-host on here has passed, but she She'll, she'll always be a part of this and there will always be that love element in here and we love everyone that comes on you can genuinely tell you know how excited we get with different people and um everybody that we've had the opportunity to come on especially this year we're just incredibly thankful for so um I didn't want this to be a tangent um as Zane will put it but um, I just think it's an I'll incredible opportunity. <laughs> Thanks. Is, is that my is that my Christmas present? Yeah, I got That's your I got Christmas one present. Don't do the thumbs up for too long, okay? I know. <laughs> I I kind of did it lower so it wouldn't register. He's fooling Zoom, but um, can I have your problem? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thank you everyone for listening, uh, being a part of it. Uh, it is always amazing to me, the amount of people that recognize us and, um, see us, see the work that we put in. So we appreciate you. We value you. And, um, we're looking forward to growing with you in 2024. Um, so that's from me, Cassandra and Zane and... Mary and we are the Horrorcraft podcast we're at without Kylie tonight but um she's with us in Kylie. spirit she's with us and not at, like Scrooge McDuck Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Carol spirit like actually just positive like the she's great kind of spirit yeah she's did in her you, heart did, 
Did you say Scrooge McDuck? Did you use that version? (laughs) What? uh, Say what year we grew up without saying what year we grew up. (laughs) Listen, I really could have said the Muppets version with Michael Caine because that's really what I grew up with. So, yeah. If you haven't watched the miracle that is the Muppets Christmas Carol or Muppets Treasure Island, Disney Plus is a click away. Watch it. So that there you go. That's that's a good recommendation for Christmas. So um, Michael Caine's in a Christmas the Christmas Carol, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, and uh, Tim Curry is in uh, Treasure Island. So that's praise enough. So watch those and have a good Christmas. Um, be safe. Have a spectacular Christmas. Spectacular. Well. Yeah. Uh, whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate it, with whoever you celebrate it, be safe, be happy, be healthy, and we will see you in the new year. Bye. 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 Hold on. I'm fucked. Somehow I fucked up my shit. (laughs) (laughs) And this is going to end up in the bloopers. So fuck this shit. (laughs) 